Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, good morning, good morning. It's so good to be in church with you today. Um, if I haven't got the chance to meet you, my name is Taylor Raines. I'm one of the pastors here um, at Your Place Church, and um, truly am honored to be here with you. And we recognize that there's a lot of different people in the room, um, a lot of different backgrounds. And we want you to know that whatever your background, whatever denomination, religion you grew up in, um, you're welcome here. Um, we're glad that you're here. We know that there's people in here that you're veterans in faith. You've been believing and following Jesus for a while. We're just happy that you would come and continue to learn. But we know there's people and you're fresh on your journey. You're new to faith. We believe that your best is yet to come. Come on, somebody. Um, you might be in here. You might be questioning if God is real. And uh, that's okay. God's not afraid of your questions. And then there's another group of people. You just don't believe in God at all. You're here because we have free coffee and nice people. And that's okay, too. Like, drink all the coffee you want to. Eat some cookies. We have a statement that we like to say, you can belong before you believe. Amen. And so you ain't got to believe like us to belong with us. Um, we'll do what we can to take care of you. We're family. This is church-like family. And so in any way we can help you, we'd love to help you. Um, but we're going to jump into the word. Amen. This is, this is week three of our Through the Valley series, and, and it's this faith series that God started, and he put it in our hearts about a year ago um, to do this October. And so it's been a year in the making, and, and if you're new to church or, you know, you're, you're just watching in on live and, and you're new to this whole concept of Christianity, a series is just this collection of thoughts. And, uh, and, and this collection of thoughts is, is heading in the direction of building your faith. And, and I'm going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 15. And what we believe as believers, um, I, don't, I don't know where you are in your journey, but what, what we believe at Your Place Church as believers, that the word of God is our foundation of truth. Um, this, is, this is where we gain truth. This is what our, our um, if we're looking for instruction, if we're looking for, it, it is the way, it is where we find the truth. Um, and, and I, I know a lot of us, like, that, that kind of draws a line. We, we, like, we don't like that thought because we've read the word and we didn't understand the word. And so we don't necessarily want it to be the full truth. But listen, there's a lot of great men and women of God. And they've got a lot of wisdom. But the Bible says don't take anything away and don't add anything to. It is all you need for a life of godliness, of holiness, of faith. And so I'm going to read from the word of God. And, and everybody just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You're in a safe place. I know some of you, it was a fight to get to church. You had to fight the kids. Like this morning was rougher than your entire week. It's okay. Just take a deep breath. You're safe. No one's judging you. Um, we're just on a journey together. But Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him and it said, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can actually count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be, verse 6, Abram believed the Lord, 
and he credited it to him as righteousness. And I'm going to use this passage of scripture to introduce um, the thought that I've got for you today. And I'm titling this thought, um, Close But Yet So Far. Close But Yet So Far. Can we just pray together? Father, we're thankful to be here in your presence. Lord, I pray in these next few minutes that you would do what only you can do. Father, I pray that you would reveal truth to us. God, things that we have read in our Bible before, things that we've heard before that has never made sense. Father, I pray that today it makes sense. Lord, I recognize that this isn't me. It's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen, amen. Fifth grade. Let me just introduce you to fifth grade Taylor, okay? We're going to throw it back. Fifth grade Taylor. Um, this was like 2004, 2005. Some of you are like, oh, I graduated high school then. Okay, we get it. You're old. I'm young. All right, let's move on. Um, 15, 16 years ago, something like that. So fifth grade version of me. Um, at this particular point in time, I'm a little bit shy, uh, a little bit insecure. And, and like, I don't know how to say it, you know, gently. Uh, so I'll just say it. I was fat. I, you're like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm past it. Um, but only kind of. I was fat, and I think it led to a lot of my insecurities. And my mom, she's so sweet, um, sweet, sweet Miss Tyra. She would, she would come up to me anytime I was feeling insecure or talking about how fat I was. And she would look at me, and she'd be like, son, you're not fat. You just have thick skin. I mean, at least th thanks for trying, Mom. Like, if you're watching live on the beach, we're praying that it rains. Um, <laughs> she tried, at least. But JCPenney's, however, did not try. I'm just going to call them out. Like, I, I went shopping, and I couldn't shop where the rest of the kids shopped because of my body shape. Um, it was, I, so there was no clothes in the kids' section. So all the other kids my age are going to the kids' section. But I couldn't shop in the youth section because of my body shape. I was a little bit awkward. I was round, but I was short. And, and so JCPenney's, you know, their, their whole solving the issue was they were going to create their own section for people like me. Come on, some of y'all were in this section too. Hey, we in this together. And that's great. Like, you know, create our own you know, section and make us feel special and stuff. Except for what they called it. Giant letters. Like giants. The entire Store could see who's shopping in this section. Husky. <laughs> okay, I've already got insecurities, but thanks, JC Pennies. Like, you know? And so here I am. I'm, I'm you know, shy, insecure, husky. Um, and I'll just say I was a little bit sheltered, uh, but not like a prison kind of sheltered, more like a lean to. Like, I was lean to sheltered. And, and maybe not even lean to. I was like a house. With the doors open, the windows open, like the elements still can get in, but I'm sheltered, you know what I'm saying? And so fifth grade, I walk into the bathroom at school, and my boy Bryce is in there, and he looks at me, and he says, hey man, you want some of this? And I look over, and he's got something in his hand, I'm like, nah man, I'm all right, <laughs> thanks though. And uh, awkward, you know, insecure, shy, I'm like, ah, no, it's fine, I don't want anything. Never take anything from somebody in the bathroom, ever. Um, <laughs> he says, hey, just come over here. And so I walk over to him, and he goes, are you sure you don't want something? I'm like, well, what is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like this three-inch bag by uh, two inches wide. And he looks at me. He says, it's cocaine. 
I was like, no, nah, I'm all right. I don't need any cocaine at this moment. Um, <laughs> he's like, bro, but it's free. And I was like, oh, well, you're twisting my arm here. Okay, I'll take some. And so I grabbed this bag of cocaine, and uh, I look inside it, and there's this little straw inside of it. And I'm like, what's the straw for? <laughs> okay, man, I get it. What's the straw? And so he grabs it back, and he begins to demonstrate um, the correct usage of the straw. Knowing what I know now, you know what I'm saying? Um, Netflix documentaries is actually how I know what I know now. He was way off on his technique. Like, he was doing it way wrong. Um, and so I grabbed this bag of cocaine. I'm just going on with my day. I walk out of the bathroom. There's this girl. She's like, hey, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's cocaine. Just keep on walking. I get home, and listen, I, I was like, I just watched this Bill Nye, you know, Bill Nye, that's not his guy. I, I just watched this Bill Nye episode, and uh, he was combining these two things, and he made this cool explosion, and I was like mad into some ex science experiments. And so I go home, and I've got like my own bathroom at my house, okay, whatever, I'm spoiled, you know, shut up, okay, <laughs> don't judge me. And, and I've got my own bathroom, and so I start doing these science experiments in my bathroom with my cocaine. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I got my cocaine, and I go to the kitchen, I grab some Diet Coke, and uh, I come back, and I'm like, surely I can combine something to make something cool explode. And so like, I'm just combining a bunch of different stuff. Nothing cool happens. All it does is it fizzes. That's just what soda does. And I was like, well, this cocaine sucks. And so I just put it back in my backpack. I go on, go to the school the next day. Like, I'm just living life. Um, you know, you got first recess, you got, you got lunch, and then you got that second recess. I come back in from second recess, and, like, I was one of those kids that I kept my desk, like, nice and organized. You know, the, like, the cubbies that you had in the desk? I had my biggest book on bottom all the way up against the edge, and it goes from biggest to smallest with my pencil straight. I'm a minimalist. Still am. I've got, like, two things on my desk currently. It helps me think creatively. And, uh, and so I come back in, and I look inside my cubby, and it is just messed up, and I'm like, what animal lives this way? If you need a pencil, just grab it. It was right in front. And so I started putting all my stuff back. Nothing was missing. I'm like, well, this, this is just weird. Someone's just messing with me. Ten minutes later, intercom goes off. Hey, Mrs. Totally forgot what my fifth grade teacher's name is. Um, we need Taylor Raines to the principal's office. All right, we'll send him right there. Everybody's like, ooh, you in trouble. I'm like, ah, I'm shy, insecure, fat, and kind of sheltered. <laughs> My mom's probably just picking me up early for ice cream and donuts. <laughs> and so I go to the principal's office. And I walk, let me set this up for you. I walk into the principal's office. I open the door. Principal's sitting right here. I need this back a little bit. Got to set up the scene. Principal's like right here. And then over here is this resource officer with his handcuffs out. And like, this is the stereotypical picture of a police officer. I'm not talking about the stereotypical police officer today, you know, that's super jacked and eats a, bu eats a bunch of kale. Like this was 15 years ago. Kale was not invented at this point, okay? And, it, and so this is the stereotypical, like y'all seen the Santa Claus movies? Um, you know the one with the elves with attitude and they go bust Santa out of jail and they tie up the police officer and shove a donut in his face? Look just like that guy. Just like him. And so I walk into the, to the office. Here's, here's my principal. Here's the police officer from the Santa Claus. And he's got his handcuffs out. The dog's there. Ah, ah, ah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And I look down, and they've got my bag of cocaine on the table. 
Well, what do they got about cocaine? <laughs> Prince was like, hey, Mr. Reigns, will you take a seat, please? And so I sit down. She looks at me. Um, can you tell us what this is? <laughs> yeah, it's my cocaine. <laughs> I don't know what I said in the moment. But the police officer from the Santa Claus did not like it. He's like, I could take you to jail right now, boy. I could arrest you right now. Like, he just goes off. And I'm like, I answered the question. Like, was it a trick question? And I'm just sitting, and, and the principal just kind of looks at him like, whoa, calm down, man. And, uh, and she goes, Mr. Reigns, where did you get this cocaine? So I tell her. Like, I just, I'm just going to tell her. And, you know, this is before I learned snitches get stitches. But uh, <laughs> I was like, maybe she needs a new plug. And, uh. And so I started telling her the whole story. And I'm like, well, yesterday I walked into the bathroom. My boy Bryce was like, yeah, you want some? I'm like, no. Okay, fine, I'll take some. And, and so I took some. And the police officer looks at me. He says, mm-mm, your story ain't adding up. No, sir, this don't make sense. I'm going to call your parents and give you some time to think about your story. And I'm like, what? What does he mean? It's not adding up. And so they take me to the counselor's office. And I'm walking in. My boy Bryce is walking out. I'm like, they got you too? What are we doing here? And like I walk, I sit down and for 20 minutes, I replay what I just told him. And I'm like, no, that's actually exactly how it went down. I'm not sure why he said it wasn't. He wasn't there. I was there. Like I'm like, I'm so confused right now. I'm like, why am I even here? I walked back in and my parents were there. And like I knew something was off because they weren't smiling. I said, Mom, I love you. Shh, son, sit down. So I sit down. And they're like, all right, let's hear the truth this time. I say the exact same thing in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. That sounds better. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, this is weird. Like, I, and I know like, we're making this officer to be the bad guy. Guys, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He was a resource officer at a really preppy white kid's school that saw no action whatsoever. Um, this is the highlight of his career, fifth grade cocaine bus. Come on. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, now my story's the truth, I guess. And, and, and they're like, why did you take the cocaine? Well, Bill Nye, science, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make some explosions. <laughs> Resource officer's like, what? Boy, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, and, and, and I'm like, this is the truth. And I was like, but then I saved it because I thought it might come in handy. Like maybe I find something that actually will react with it. It'll do something cool. And they're like, why would it come in handy? I was like, I don't know. Sometimes my dad cooks with it. <laughs> Again, in that moment, I have no idea why, but that resource officer flipped. Now we're both getting arrested. I'll arrest you both. I'm, dogs over here. Arr, you know, like, uh, guns out. <laughs> it's been 15 years, okay? It's gotten blurry. And uh, I was like, what? what did I say? My dad looks at me. He's like, son, I don't, I don't cook with cocaine. I said, Dad, you cook with cocaine. He says, no, son, I don't cook with cocaine. I'm like, Dad, you do. You use it on the grill. And about that time, my dad puts his hands in his face. And I look over at the resource officer who's just not even mad anymore. He's just confused. Like, you use it on the grill? What do you do, sprinkle it on your chicken? And my dad looks at me and says, son, I use propane. But I was close, come on, they rhymed. 
I got a three-day suspension, wasn't allowed to go on any more field trips the rest of my elementary career, whatever. <laughs> Still walked out of that, that you know, school, and I, I, I knew that cocaine wasn't propane, but I had no idea what cocaine actually was. Um, and I forgot to tell First Service this, so hopefully they're watching. It wasn't actually cocaine. Like, First Service still thinks I had a bag of cocaine. It was baking soda. It's all good. It's good. We're good. I was close. And I actually walked into one of our house parties the other day. Clearly, it did something emotional for me to name all of our youth ministry stuff after a party theme. Um, I walked into a house party the other day, and there's this kid there, and, and he had this thicker chain on than I did. And I was like, hey, man, not Shane. And he's like, yeah, mine's better. I'm a little bit competitive, so I'll play along. I'm like, oh yeah? Where'd you get your chain? I bought it. Oh, cool, how much? 20 bucks. <laughs> and last again, he says, where'd you get yours? I said, boy, they don't give these chains out to anybody. Fifth grade cocaine. I earned it, boy. And I just walked off. I ain't got time to tell that story. That's a long story, okay? I just walked. You're like, Taylor, why are you telling us this? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Y'all know what the definition of fear is? Well, man, Daniel, can you throw that up on the screen for me? It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief. And, 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 and here's my thought for you today. Because I said in the beginning, you're close, but yet you're so far. What if, because we've, we've all heard it said, you know, fear is the opposite of faith. You can't be in faith if you're in fear. What if fear is not actually, go with me on this. What if fear is not actually the absence of faith? What if it's the presence of it? Because I, I believe we could reread this definition and we could change out that word belief for faith. An unpleasant emotion caused by the faith that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. What if, go with me on this, what if fear is actually faith in the wrong direction? Are you with me? Come on, I need you to feedback. I don't know, like maybe it's still the insecurity in me. I need you to talk back with me, say some amens, say, mm, I'm feeling that. I don't know, like say something, okay? Like, we're in this together. Like, you ain't just going to leave me up here. Uh, what if fear isn't the absence of faith, it's actually the presence of it? Amen. Oh, thank you. There we go. Thank you. What if it's just faith in the wrong direction? What if, what if all this time we've been hearing, hey, you can't be in faith if you're in fear, or fear is the opposite of faith, but all this time we actually, because listen, I believe this, that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, we're always choosing to believe in something. You're always choosing to believe in something. What happens, though, when the thing that you're believing for doesn't actually come through? Do we start to fear? What happens when we thought we were in faith, but then nothing changed? Do we start to fear? Look at Romans chapter 4 for us. It'll be up here on the screen. This is Abraham against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. Against all hope, Abraham believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring bring. Without weakening in his faith, 
He faced the fact that his body was good as dead. I'm going to pause right here. I did it first service, but I feel like this service needs it. He faced the fact. What that means, it doesn't mean that he was in fear or he was negative or he began to doubt. You can actually face the fact that your situation is crazy and doesn't make any sense without actually doubting. Abraham faced the fact, like it's, it's definitely a fact that his body was old. He was an old man. He's 100 years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Go to the ne that next verse. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And you're like, Great, yeah, woo, good job, Abraham. <laughs> Must be nice to be you, and God actually pulls you outside and shows you the stars. Like, I would believe, too, if God grabbed me, took me outside and showed me all these. Like, you know, we start to make excuses on why they got their miracle, and we don't have ours. Like, y'all were at, anybody at last Wednesday? This last, last Wednesday? We gave away a car. It's like, we're looking at Daniel, like, yeah, you know, if I had that kind of time to come up to the church and serve, God probably would give me a car, too. <laughs> Come on, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to start tap dancing on some toes this morning. Hey. We start to make excuses on why other people have their miracle, but we still haven't found ours. We still haven't received ours. Maybe I should give more. Oh, here's, here's one. Probably not God's timing. Can I give you some hope? Look at, look at Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had this Egyptian maidservant named Hagar, and she said to Abram, hey, the Lord still hasn't given us any kids. I got an idea. How about you and Hagar get together, and, and you guys get married too, and then, and then you could have two wives, and then you could sleep with her, and then she could actually start our family. Abraham was like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. And so he slept with her, and she conceived. And so, like, I know we're, like, over here, you know, Abraham, you're so great. Oh, my gosh. You know, you didn't doubt. You didn't waver. Uh, but he did get another girl pregnant, so there's something. <laughs> It'd been 10 years. He was 85. God told him this at 75. Now he's 85. It'd been 10 years. And Sarah's over here like, hey, you better make this happen because this is what we try to do when we don't see the miracle. We try to make the miracle happen. We try to make God move. We start fabricating a move of God and call it God. Hello. And, 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 but here's, here's my thought. What if, what if it's actually harder to waver than you think? Because we hear don't waver. You know, James says it this way, the man who wavers should expect nothing from Jesus. And, and so we're like, oh, man, I don't want to waver. I don't want to waver. Abraham has sex with another woman. I mean, it was his, he, he married her, but still, like, he was trying to rush the move of God. But God still said, yet he didn't waver in unbelief, which makes me think that it's actually harder to waver than we realize. I want to give you some hope. Because right now you, you, you feel like you've messed up and you feel like you've been uh, disqualified for the miracle. You're not disqualified. There's still hope for you. Come on, somebody. There's still hope for you. 
The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. You read the story of David? He too had sex with another woman and then killed her husband. But yet he was a man after God's own heart. You could still fall short. Listen, you may have messed up. You may have fallen short. You may have even stopped believing for a miracle, but you're not disqualified. Maybe you believed for something in the past and it didn't happen. Today's a new day. There's still more hope. God still wants to move in your life. He did not waver in unbelief. What happens when you don't see the miracle? I'm convinced that we're standing on this line. There's this line right here in the concrete. I'm convinced this is where we are in our life. And, and, and what we would say is we're, part of us are in faith, and, and what we would used to say is part of us are in faith and part of us are in fear or doubt or unbelief. But if fear isn't actually the absence of faith, it's the presence of it, then, then we can't be in fear and faith. That's the same thing. We're in faith no matter what. So what I believe is that we're on this line in our life. Part of us are in truth. Part of us are in lies. Go with me on this. Part of us are in truth. Part of us are in lies. And I believe that fear is a lie that manipulates your emotions. Did you know your emotions can be manipulated? Hollywood does it all the time. Y'all seen a walk to remember? Come on, that junk's sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, you cried, and then you, you got dehydrated. You drank some more water and cried again. Like... It was sad. Like, y'all see Marley and me? Anybody? Come on, Marley and me? Like, these movies have been out for a while. I can spoil them. Like, you had 40 years, bro. Um, <laughs> the dog doesn't die. Like, spoiler, he doesn't die. He, they were like, hey, play dead. He played dead. They stopped recording, and he jumped back up. But, yeah, you're over here crying when the credits roll. Oh, my gosh, he's dead. Like, no, he's definitely alive. Well, I don't know. It's been a long time. He might be dead now. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the actor walks to remember they didn't actually, they're still alive. But yet the credits roll and we are wrecked. <laughs> like we're, we're in tears like for days, like, oh my gosh, she, she died. <laughs> but you know what it was? It was some writer, probably in some cool coffee shop with a scarf and glasses and man capris and uh, <laughs> drinking a latte, thinking on how he can play on your emotions. And he begins to manipulate your The devil does it too. Your emotions can be manipulated. I believe that fear, and listen, I'm not trying to discredit what you're going through. Some of you have serious circumstances that you're dealing with, and fear is right there. And, and, and on all human standards, you would have the right to be afraid. But I believe that we have this choice that we can make. We're on this line, and it is a choice. And where we go from here is dependent on the choice we decide to go in. Are you following me? Because here's what the devil wants to do. Here's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to throw out all of these possibilities. It's all these possibilities that you might be dealing with. Oh, my gosh, what if your kids get in a car wreck? Oh, my gosh, what if you get cancer? You know your dad had heart disease. You know your mom died early. What, you know, no one actually loves you. No one would actually miss you. But the devil cannot touch you. And that is the truth. Look at this, Revelation 1a. I'm throwing it to Revelation. Ooh, we get serious today. In fact, I even, I went to Revelation, I got the King James Version. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, 
I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys. Come on, this is Jesus. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Translation. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. Translation. The devil cannot harm you. He cannot force depression on you. He cannot force anxiety on you. He has no authority. So we're left right here. We got this choice to make. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's Jesus. He said that. You will know the truth. What's the truth? Hey, you're at, you have this deciding point in your life. You can walk towards the lies, or you can walk towards truth. John 8, 32. So listen, let me, it's not just you. I'm in this too. You know, in eighth grade, I had this moment. Um, we had a friend who just lost their kid due to a brain tumor. It, was, it, was, it happened so quick. And I was sitting in my math class, Coach Heston. If you're listening, shout out my man, you're awesome. I'm sitting in Coach Heston's class, and I remember this moment. I feel this sharp pain in the back of my head, and instantly there's this thought. Ooh, it's a brain tumor. It's a brain tumor. And so I started to freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's a brain tumor? What if it's, what if, what if it's a tumor? Did that give me a tumor because I started to panic and I started to believe in the light? No, 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 no. But what it did do was it began to drop my guard of faith in the truth. And so now I'm just left open. I'm not believing for protection. I'm too, I'm too worried about if I got a tumor or not. I didn't do anything with it. And if I'm going to be completely honest, it came back a month ago. This sharp pain is on this side. And a fear that I didn't deal with in eighth grade came back. Oh, my gosh. You got a tumor. It's going to be, you'll live, but it's going to be a fight. The devil knows he can't kill me, so he's not going to say that, because I'll be like, shut up, devil. Like, I know he can't take me out. He said, but listen to this. He said, but at least it'll be an opportunity for God's glory. No, 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 we're, we're amening. But that's not, what the devil was wanting me to do was come off of my faith. Listen, it'd be an opportunity for God's glory. It doesn't sound like the devil anymore. Now it sounds like scripture, which reminds me of what he did when he was testing Jesus. He was quoting scripture. And, and, and it wasn't because he wanted to, to kill me, because he knows he can't kill me. But I've got this long list of miracles I'm believing for. And if what he can do is distract me from the faith that I've been believing in and pull me away, that way I'm over here just having to fight the lies, then he's winning. I don't, I don't have a tumor. I don't, I don't, because I'm standing in truth. Listen, it goes on. The what ifs, the what ifs go on and on and on and on. What if my son started crawling? He started climbing up on couches. I remodeled my house on a budget, so everything's made of concrete because it was cheap. And uh, my what if, what if he falls, hits his head, and causes a mental damage to his head? Come on, can we be real for a moment? We have these what ifs, and they are real what ifs. And if we're not careful, they will paralyze us. 
and it doesn't stop. It's this possibility, but it, all it is is possibility. It's when we begin to put our faith in the possibility that it becomes reality. And so I'm not going to stand and listen to the lies any longer. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so I started declaring the truth. I felt this, 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 this weird pain. I knew what it was, but all logic begins to go away. I was working out, and I don't do that often. <laughs> My wife comes up. She goes, hey, I did laundry this week. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I didn't wash any gym shorts. <laughs> okay, I get it. I didn't work out. Yeah. I was at the gym, and I strained something, and it, it was attached to my head. I knew what it was, but logic goes out the door because the devil starts throwing these possibilities out at you. We lose sight of logic because we're buying into the lies. I hold before you, you've got a choice. You can choose the truth, or you can choose to believe in the lies, but this is what the truth says because I spoke to that. I'm like, I'm, I ain't get no tumor. No, no. I know what my Bible says. The devil has no authority. He cannot force it on me. And so I begin to declare 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. Listen, bro. <laughs> the cross already happened. My healing is already mine. <laughs> you can't stop it. And I begin to declare the word of God. You need to declare the word of God over your life. Listen, it is a choice. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, it says it this way, that we got to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I know this isn't, it's not something sexy. We want, we want our faith life to be something where like the earth begins to shake, God begins to move. You're believing for a financial miracle and God makes it rain Benjamins. And now we're doing snow angels in these Benjamins, $100 bills everywhere. Like this is what we're wanting in our faith life. We want these crazy moments where God just moves like never before. And I'm not saying he doesn't do it because he does. He still split the sea. He still raised the dead. He still moves. He's still making a church grow in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. <laughs> he still moves. But listen to me. This is the kind of faith that we want where everything changes. But... If we would just make a decision, I'm going to take this thought captive. I know this is not the word of God. So therefore, I'll throw it in front of you, Jesus. And I declare the truth over this circumstance. What we're doing is I'm choosing to take a step. And it's a day-by-day -day faith that begins to grow inside of us. Because listen, this is what Matthew says. It says, be careful because some of you, you came in here and God did some crazy miracle in your life. And that's amazing. But what happened was you were seed that fell on rocky soil. And so you saw the miracle, and your faith grew like crazy, but you're not actually rooted. And so the wind's coming, the storms are coming, and they'll uproot you. But there's a different soil. That's fertile soil. And how do we get to that point? Day by day, I'm growing my faith. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Today, I'm choosing to stand in faith. Today, I'm choosing to grow. Today, I'm choosing to believe. Because listen, listen, so many of us, we're close. Hey, you're close because you got faith. But yet, we're so far. You, you got faith on the wrong areas. Faith in the wrong direction. Switch your direction. And watch what God will do in your life. Watch what God would do in your family. You are not 
Listen, you're not disqualified from the miracle that God wants to do in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done. And a lot of people want to come against this message. And they're like, no, that's a healing message. That's the healing gospel. That's a prosperity gospel. That's a make you feel good gospel. You forget what the word gospel actually means. Good news. The word gospel means good news. Hey, good news. You can be healed. Hey, good news. You can be blessed. Hey, good news. You can be saved. Good news, you can see a turnaround in your family. Good news, your marriage can be restored. Good news, your kids can come to the salvation of Jesus Christ. Good news, what is it? It's the gospel. It's not an exclusive gospel that just covered salvation. In the same package that brought you your salvation came healing and came blessings, came hope and came strength. This is the gospel of Jesus, that whosoever would believe in it, shall live and not die. It is the word of God, and it is a decision that we have to make today. You can be blessed. You can Listen, Deuteronomy 28 says it. You're blessed coming and you're blessed going. You're blessed in the city, you're blessed out of the city. Listen, your refrigerator can be blessed. Come on, somebody. Your gas tank can be blessed. Come on, somebody. Your pantry can be full. And we're like, no, Deuteronomy 28 says, if you don't sin, then you'll get the blessings. But it was also written before Jesus. And so when I choose to believe, because listen, these are all, you, you are all qualified to receive the blessings and the authority of Jesus if you choose to believe in Jesus. Because the moment I make my decision to follow Jesus, my sins are gone, I've been made new, therefore, come on somebody, therefore I've been qualified to live in the blessings of my God. Therefore, I'm qualified to receive the healing. In fact, I've got the authority to take it in the name of Jesus. It's the word of God. Never changing. I don't know what happened in your past that made you stop believing. There may have been a circumstance where your faith did not pull through and you're like, I don't know what to do. And, and we want to use every circumstance and we want to use our conditions in our past as a reason to stop believing. It does not change the word of God. I'm sorry what happened in the past happened, but today's a new day. And I'm not, I'm not trying to come down on you and say that your faith wasn't great, but I, what I can say is that your faith can be bigger. It can be greater, and you can be filled to the full, and you can be the seed that is rooted in fertile soil, that it doesn't matter the wind that comes, the waves, the storms. I got faith that will say to the mountain to move, and it moves. It's the word of God. Come on, somebody. It's the word of God. Mark 11, 23. Listen to me. I'm about to close, I think. Just open the doors. Let the next service in. Come on in. Mark 11, 23, says, say unto this mountain to move. Throw yourself in the sea, and if you do not doubt, but believe in your heart, it will be done for you. Amen. You know what it doesn't tell you to do? It doesn't tell you to go start moving mountains. It says, just say unto the mountain. Just speak to the mountain. That's all you got to do is speak. Stop trying to take it in your own hands. Because the moment that we start to try and make a move of God happen is the moment that we actually cross out of the truth of the word of God because we're so consumed with what we are doing. God's like, no, just tell me what mountain and I'll move it. Just, just point to it. I'll go get it. Just start believing and I'll take care of it. Mark 11, 24, whatsoever you ask for. Does it give any exceptions? 
Does it say, uh, unless you're believing for healing, uh, unless you're believing to, you know, come out of poverty. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whatsoever you ask for, believe that you have received it. And what will happen? It will be yours. That ain't my word. That's not my promise to you. That's the word of God. Jeremiah 1 says that God looks after his word to perform it. You don't have to look over his word to make sure it happens. He'll do it. You speak it, you believe it, and watch God begin to move. Amen? Listen, me and my wife, we've been believing for some crazy things here lately. God's been stirring in our hearts and stretching our faith like crazy. And, uh, you know, it always seems like you, you see these stories of, of Peter stepping out of the boat. And, and it just looks so heroic. And we're just like, oh, man, that's, that's, that's amazing. The dude stood on liquid. What? <laughs> you know? It sounds heroic until you're in that moment where you kind of got to step out of the boat. It's not cute anymore. You're like, I'm supposed to stand on liquid? Like, come on, you know what I'm saying? When God begins to stretch your faith. But what needs to happen before then is that I'm going to start building my faith. That way, when it's time to step out of the boat, I'm ready. And we're watching what God's doing in our life. And he's been doing some crazy things in our life. I got time for it. I'm already like way over time anyways. They're going to kick me off the stage. Good news, I'm preaching next month, so I'll tell you next month. <laughs> but we could not see the miracles if it wasn't for the Spirit of God. Listen, God is three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know what theology you grew up with. Some of them, you may have been, it just was overlooked. Some of them it was taught against. But the Bible does not hold out on the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. This was Jesus' command. It wasn't a recommendation. It wasn't just a good idea. He looks at his disciples. He says, don't you even think about leaving the city until you receive the gift that my Father's promised you. You're baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, and you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes over you. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, Taylor, I feel like you're so bold. No, listen, I'm still, my tendency is to go back to the fifth grade, fat, insecure, and shy personality. What it is, is it is the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. If you want to see the miracle, come on somebody, if you want to see the miracle that God wants to do in your life, it's going to take the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. You will receive power. Power means authority. Therefore, when the devil tries to come and starts to push you down this path of lies, then you can stand with the authority and say, no, 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 no. My Bible says in Psalm 91 that a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. It won't come near my kids. It won't come near my family. Psalm 91 verse 16, with long life will I satisfy you. With long life will I satisfy you. This is the word of God, but it's a boldness that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want power in your life, then it's going to take inviting the Holy Spirit into it. It's not weird. He's not going to possess you. You're not going to just like flop on like a fish. I'm sorry if someone has done that and claimed it to be God. God is a God of order. Just like he doesn't force you to love him, he's not going to force himself on you. But the moment that you receive, it's boldness. It's authority. I walk different. I pray different. 
And listen, I know God's timing is, 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 is real in some areas. Healing is not one of them. Come on, let me challenge you right here. Don't get offended right now. Healing is not one of them, physical or mental. But like, I got some mental health I'm, issue, I'm, I'm dealing with. It's still, at the bottom line, physical. And you serve a God who has healed you. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your healing. What do you need? You need some power in you. Anytime, listen to me, you're afraid of the flu. Some of you are like mad afraid of the flu right now. Like you're, you're freaked out. Someone you know just got it. You're like, oh my gosh, am I going to get it? Did you know that in the last 16 years, there was one day where I've actually thrown up? In the last 16 years, I've thrown up one time. I let my guard down. Why? I don't get sick. I ain't got to. I know the authority I have. I stand with it. Anytime the devil comes, I'll let him know. He said, boy, you about to be sick? I said, ha, 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 you thought. <laughs> Stop, Fifth grade cocaine, baby. Fifth grade cocaine. Look, I'm gangster, you know. <laughs> Stand with your authority. Amen. Can I pray for you? Father, we're so thankful for your presence. God, we're thankful that we have the word of God to stand on. That it is, you're still moving. God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, right now, I just declare over these people, Father, a faith to rise up with inside of them. God, boldness and courage. Lord, that they will stand. And when they've done all they can to stand, they will keep on standing. God, that we will not grow weary in right doing. But, Father, we will take what belongs to us in the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Devil, no longer, no longer can you hold back our miracle. We declare now in Jesus' name. If you're in the room here and with heads bowed, eyes closed, and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, listen, this is an all-inclusive gospel for any who would believe. This belongs to you. And I just want to give you an opportunity to receive the authority, to receive the salvation, to receive, because listen, Jesus truly does love you. And his grace is sufficient for you. You're not disqualified. It doesn't matter what's happened, what religion you grew up in, what denomination, what you've done, what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter. If you want this relationship with Jesus, then just where you are, just lift your hand. It's just, just so God can see it. All right, I see your hand. Thank you. All across this room. Thank you. Amen. I see your hand. Thank you. see your hand. Thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Come on, if this is you, I'll see you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Holy Spirit's doing work right here in this moment. Amen. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And what I want you to do is I want everybody in the room to pray it after and repeat what I'm saying. Say, Father, forgive me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Father, forgive me for my mistakes, for my past. God, I'm choosing today to live for you. Be the Lord of my life. 
from this day on. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on in with heads bowed. Stay, 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 stay in this moment. We're not going to rush you. Because I want to pray over if you. If you've never received the Holy Spirit and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, just where you are, just lift your hands. Again, it's nothing weird. Okay, I see your hands all across this room. Amen, amen, amen. You will receive power. Amen. Listen, nothing crazy is going to happen. Like, it's not like the world is going to shake. You're not going to fit. The heavens are not going to open up. But there is going to be a new difference inside your spirit. And it's going to be a spirit of power. So anybody else? Uh, hands are going up all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All across this place. Amen. Come on. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. Amen, amen. All, I'm going to pray. Listen, I'm going to do, do the work for you. All you need to do is say, I receive you now. That's all it is. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing weird. It's just power that you need in your life to be effective. And so, Father, I pray right now. God, first of all, we thank you for the decisions that people made to follow you. But, Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus. God, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. Come inside them. God, that they would receive power. Father, power to stand bold. Lord, it doesn't matter what's happened in their past. Father, I pray for new strength. I pray for new hope. I pray for new courage in the name of Jesus. I declare faith to start rising up. God, in a transformation within their life. Father, I declare addictions to break. I declare healings to happen in Jesus' name. God, that you would move in boldness, that you would move in power. Father, I declare depression to cease and anxiety to be gone in Jesus' name. Right now is the moment. God, we receive you now. Holy Spirit, we receive you now. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody, give God a shout of praise in this place. Come on, like he's done something in your life. Listen, you're different. You're different. You're like, I don't feel different. You're different. You just got a little bit more bolder. Hey, it's not the chain that makes me bold, I promise. It's the faith. Faith is stirring. Faith is moving. And listen, the devil's going to come. It says he comes after the seed. Comes after the seed. He's going to start throwing these what ifs, what ifs, what if. No, no, no. Shut up, devil. It's too late. I've already made my decision. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.